Thank you for joining us for another life-giving message from City Church Now in Progress. As I stand here today, the, the title of the message, and the notes are in you version if you want to follow up, um, follow along. The title of the message today is Be Flooded with Light. Um, and it sounds a bit obscure because when, when I got that, I was like, what? Be flooded with light? What does that even mean? Um, but, but we'll get to that at the end um, of, 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 the, of the sermon. So the anchor text is um, Acts 20, verse 32. Um, and just to give you some context, by the way, I r- highly recommend that if you haven't, read the book of Acts. It's, it's got some really good things in it. Um, but in Acts 20, um, Paul was making his way to Jerusalem, and um, he had just come from Ephesus, and things did not go well over there. And, and so as he's making his way to Jerusalem, he, he calls up the Ephesian elders, and he wants to commit them to the mission of God. And, and so where we're going to pick up today, the, see, the thing about the, today's message is, you know, if you're mature in the faith, uh, if you're young in the faith, if you don't even know who Jesus is, maybe you wandered in here, you weren't even sure this is a church, and you're like, wait, what am I doing here? But you're thinking, you're going to stick it out and, and see what we're talking about. This message is for you. And even if, you know, you, you, you know a lot about Jesus and, and you think you're rocking with him, um, this message is still for you because basically in the series of messages we're going through about 2020, um, as I was praying about this, God said, you know, if 2020 is going to be the way it has been prophesied to be, which by the way it is, right, uncommon clarity, accelerated manifestation, um, it is going to be exactly that. But if it is going to be that for everyone, there is something we all need to understand. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, and uh, so the anchor text really starts at uh, verse 32. But if, if, if I could maybe call an audible, is that all right? This is home, right? I could do that. All right. <laughs> uh, but I would actually like to start at verse 24. Um, the book of Acts 20, verse 24. Uh, NK, uh, New, New King James. That, that'll work. Um. And, and, and this is really just to give you some context about what we're going to talk about. So I said that Paul had just gone through Ephesus, and uh, he calls the Ephesian elders, and he wants to give them a message, and he's telling them that, hey, this is what God has asked me to, to give you before I leave you forever. Um, and so starting in verse 24, he's talking about, okay, I'm going to Jerusalem, and all that awaits me there is jail and suffering. That's what the Holy Spirit has told me, but I'm compelled to go anyway. And so he says, starting in verse 24, he says, But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And, and, and that's what we're really going to talk about today is, is this, this gospel of, of, of God, uh, the, the gospel of grace of God. And so he goes on, he says, Indeed, now I know that... You all, among whom I have gone preaching to the kingdom, I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. So this is where he's telling them, like, this is not, this is the last time you see me. And says, therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God. And so what Paul is saying is. Shepherd the church of God. And you are the church elders. You need to take care of the whole flock. Um, And he says, my hands are clean. I've taught you everything God has called me to teach you. And that is the gospel of his grace. And then he goes on to say, um, right, the the, the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Now, that's what the church is. um, The bride of Christ, which he purchased with his own blood. And then he says, for I know this, after my departure... Savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up, speaking perverse things, to draw, you, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for the three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So, so Paul's mission, it was very difficult. And, but he did the work. He even said up there, like, my life doesn't matter to me as long as I do what Christ has called me to do. And so he says, this is where we're going to jump off today. This is our anchor text. He says, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And so 
Um, the message today is really, uh, like I said, you know, Pastor Ray has been going. He, he's laid the foundation like an expert builder, and I just snuck in. Um, so I'm just going to drop in, I get in, just run out. Um, but but he's, been, he's been gracious enough to, you know, to give me this platform that, you know, at least for the next three hours, we can chop this thing up. That's, that's it. All right, all right. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be chopping this down. For th- you, you'll get lunch, though. It's fine. Um, uh, but yeah, so the, 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 the message, again, um, this, is, this is the fine print. If 2020 is going to be all that it has been said to be, which, again, I, I've confirmed it. The word of the Lord says, by the mouth of two or more witnesses, his word is established. So I'm the second witness. And you've heard people come up here and testify already last week. I was one of them. So it, it's happening. The accelerated manifestation is taking place. But if it's going to be all that, there is something we all need to understand. And that's this word of the grace of God. Um, and so uh, the, the first text we already read in the New King James. And then, so I'm going to read the second text. I'm going to read it now in um, the Passion Translation. Same, 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 same scripture. Um, and in the Passion Translation, it says, So now I entrust you into God's hands and the message of his grace. That's the word of his grace which is all that you need to become strong. All of God's blessings are imparted through the message of his grace, which he provides as the spiritual inheritance given to all of his holy ones. Now, again, if you're in here, if, if you know, you, you've been rocking with Jesus for a while, you're saved, you're, you're one of the holy ones. And, and if you're in here and you're not quite sure who Jesus is, at the end of this, you will figure something out about him and, Hopefully, you'll also make a decision to be one of his holy ones because there's, there's a lot packed in this that we're going to unpack. Um, and then finally, I'm going to read it in, in, in the uh, Amplified, and we're just going to jump into this thing and see how it all works. So in the Amplified, he says, Now I commend you to God, placing you in his protective, loving care. And I commend you to the word of his grace, the counsel and promises of his unmerited favor. His grace is able to build you up and give you the rightful inheritance among all those who are sanctified. That is, among those who are set apart for God's purpose, all believers. So, again, if you're in here um, and you've been rocking with Christ for a while, then you are also a believer. Um, And so, I I just want us to unpack the scripture a little bit. And, And you may have already noticed, but if you haven't, there's some things that Paul is saying to the Ephesian elders about the grace of God that we all really need to understand. So the first thing is, is what grace does. Paul says um, that the grace of God is able to build us up. And if you heard in, in, in the Passion Translation, he says the grace of God is all we need to become strong, right? And so what the grace of God is able to do is to build us up and make us strong. So what does that mean? We're about to go into the season of, of uncommon clarity and accelerated manifestation. But if it's going to be all of that, we need this grace of God to build us up. Now, I, I don't know about you, but some people may be sitting in here thinking, okay, I see people that are testifying and they're saying all of this is happening, but how can it happen for me, right? You're, you're thinking, I'm sitting in all these circumstances and, and Pastor Ray says, you know, this is all going to be good. We're going to get uncommon uh, clarity and accelerated manifestation. But you don't even know what I'm going through. Like, I'm in a tough, tough place right now. I'm going through, through some rough seasons. And what this is telling you is what's going to get you through those tough seasons is the grace of God. Because it is able to build you up and make you strong. So, so understanding this message is critically important. Because he, here's, here's what's going on. We... we I, I personally said this. I even told Pastor Ray, I said, you know, I, I, I'm listening to these messages and my eyes are being opened because I know I'm here and I know God wants me to be here. And I thought he was just going to take me and beam me up to that place. But he's not going to do that, right? He's a God of process. And so how many of us know that everything we want, if we get it too early, it will destroy us? Like we, we can be crushed by our blessings and what God is doing is he loves us too much to let our blessings destroy us. And so what he's doing is he's working us through this, this, this season of crushing. And so, I, I mean, we all eat bread, right? For, for bread to be bread, you have to crush the grain. 
You, you have to knead the dough. You have to beat it up. Otherwise, you'll get no bread. For, for, for wine to come out, you have to crush the grapes. So we have to go through this season of crushing where God is preparing us. He's preparing our character. He's developing us into the people that will be able to inherit his blessing. Because if we don't have the character to keep what he's about to give us, we're just going to destroy it. And, and we will be no better for it. In fact, Jesus says this in Mark 2.22. He says, you do not put new wine in old wineskins. Here's the problem. What the blessings we're about to get in 2020, that's new wine. We've never been at that level before. And he's going to put them in old wineskins. If all me gets all that blessing, it's just going to destroy me. So what Jesus is doing in the season of crushing, he's molding us. He's, he's working out this old wineskin so he can stretch with this new wine. Because otherwise, you put the new wine in the same old person, it destroys destroys you it destroys the wineskin so you lose both the wine and the wineskin and God says I love you too much to make, to lose you and the blessing I'm about to give you so this season that you're going through the season of crushing is where God develops us right and so but what's going to get us through this is the understanding of the message of his grace and so but you, you got to also notice right the scripture says the grace of God is able to build us up and make us strong. It didn't say the grace will build you up and make you strong. It says it's able. So what does that mean? It means that even in the season of crushing, even as we're going through our own personal Gethsemane, where we're like sweating blood and we're like, God, I'm not even sure you're in this thing, but I have to submit to you. I have to surrender. Even when I'm not sure you're in this thing, I still have to believe that you're in it. And that's the grace that is able to build us up. We can only be built up when we submit to the working of his grace. That, that's the thing that's going to get us through the season of crushing. So if the grace of God is going to build us up, that's the first thing. It, it is able. Not that it's going to, but it is able to do it. In fact, Paul says another thing in Ephesians uh, 3.20. He says, to him who is able, right, to, to accomplish exceedingly more than we can ask or imagine through the power that works in us, right? And so what, it, what Paul is saying is, is, look, God is able to do this through his mighty power that works within us, but he's not going to necessarily do it. He is able to. So the problem isn't God's strength. The problem is the old wineskin, right? And it's the grace of God that's going to help us, that's going to work us through step by step through this entire season of crushing. So if you find yourself where you're in difficult circumstances and you're like, God, I'm not even sure you're in this thing, but I have to trust you to get me through the other side. What we have to say right now is your grace is all I need. Your grace is all I need. Even as I'm going through this thing, it's dark. I'm not entirely sure. I have to believe that you've gone ahead of me and you've prepared the way. And right now you're working it out in me and through me and with me so that you can get me to the other side and I will have the character to inherit and keep the things you're about to give me. That's the grace of God. So where we go next is understanding this message of his grace. And again, you'll see this. Now, point number two, right? It says it is the message of the grace of God that is able to build us up. It is the message of the grace of God that imparts all of our blessings. So again, we, we have to really understand this. Paul didn't say the grace of God is going to impart the blessings. He says the word of the grace of God. That is the message of the grace of God, right? And so again, if 2020 is going to be our year, we have to really understand this message of the grace of God. I mean, this is where everything starts. This is, this is our starting point. So again, like I said, Pastor Ray has laid the foundation. I'm just giving you the fine print. This, this is, if this is going to work out for all of us, this is the fine print. We really need to understand this. So um, in First uh, Peter 1 verse 2, he says that grace be multiplied to you. Grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. And so this is, this is where we get the understanding, right? Grace and peace are multiplied through the knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. So what does this mean? The reason why this message of grace is so important is some of us are sitting in a position where we say, you know what? I believe God is able. I believe that his grace is all I need. That's all well and good. But you don't know what I've done. I have a past. I have history, right? And, and, and you're sitting in a place of self-condemnation, a place of guilt. 
And what Peter is saying is, look, grace will be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. What that means is we have to understand that God cannot bless people who don't even know him, right? So we have to understand the character of God. The character of God means that we have to understand that he loves us so much that there is nothing that can separate us from his love. This means that even if we have a past, even if we have a history, that doesn't move him. See, the thing about us is we tend to think, you know, I have a past, and, and, and you hear people at church, it's like, well, Jesus doesn't care about your past. Newsflash, he does. Okay? He cares about your past, but not in the way that we seem to think about it. Jesus cares about our past, not to condemn us, but to heal us. He cares about our past, not to chain us with it, but to set us free. Jesus cares about our past so much that he wants to give us sure footing so that we can stand. And when it comes, it's not the thing that disqualifies us, but it's actually the thing that qualifies us for his mercy, for his grace. And so until you understand that he loves you so much, Hebrews you know, 4.16 is not going to mean anything to you. It says in the word, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace so we can receive mercy and grace when we need it most. So when you don't understand that you already have right standing with God, that he loved you that much, that you are already holy, already righteous, he cannot bless you when you think ill of him. If we think God is walking around with a clipboard saying like, mm-hmm, he messed up. Yeah, yep, he messed up today. He cannot bless that. We need to open our minds. We need to really open our minds to the love of God and really understand just how much we are loved. And when we really, really, really get it, then we will understand just how wonderful His grace is. See, see the thing about this is we, we wrestle with ourselves about things we're not even meant to carry. So what, what Jesus wants us to understand is, hey, look, I have already loved you. I still love you. There is nothing you can do to screw that up. Like you cannot possibly screw it up. So when that past comes sneaking in, when, when you really understand that it's the grace of Jesus, the word of his grace that saves you, it can come sneaking behind you. You kick it in the teeth, right? You tell your past, it is not by my strength or by might, but by the grace of God, I can stand here today. I'm healed and forgiven. I have God on my side. With God on our side. Who can be against us, right? So, so that, that is why we need to understand this message of the grace of God. It's critically important. So again, if 2020 is going to be that year, uncommon clarity starts here. We have to be clear about God's love for us. We have to be clear about how much we are loved by him. Otherwise, we will not be able to even receive anything. You know, like you cannot receive something from someone who maybe you have something against. Like, you're going to think they're trying to do something, right? Like, you're going to think they're being sneaky. If they're trying to give you a gift, you're going to be like, I don't know, right? You got something going on. I know you and I don't really get along, but you're trying to give me something. I'm not so sure about that. So, so what God is saying to us today is, again, if we're going to have uncommon clarity, accelerated manifestation, whatever we have in our minds that we feel disqualifies us from God's blessings, from his love, God is saying, hey, whatever that is, I need you to change your mind about me. You really need to understand that I am your heavenly father, that I loved you so much that I stood and came down here to go on that cross, to be scourged just for you. Like what God is saying is even if you were the only one on earth, I would do it either way because I love you that much. And so the word, the message of of the grace of God, that's where the blessings are imparted. When we really understand that, then we will be able to actually receive them. But until we understand how much we are loved by God, we cannot receive what he's able to give us. And so it's critically important, again, for 2020, for us to understand the word of the grace of God. Now, we, we, uh, yeah, we're about to get this. Two more minutes, right? Um, <laughs> Uh, right, right. So, so point number three is, um, so who, who receives this grace? Um, who receives this grace? And if you read, uh, and I hope you did, but if you read the scriptures, uh, it said that the grace is given as the rightful inheritance to all believers. Now, again, this, this is just to make the point clear. The grace of God is available to everyone. 
God wants to save everyone. But if you've already accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's special grace for you. And this is the grace that's given to you as a spiritual, your rightful spiritual inheritance. You said, you know what, Jesus, I'm taking you, I'm rocking with you, we're walking together. And he says, all right, now I'm going to provide the grace that's going to get you through all the things that you're about to get through. So again, let's not miss it. This is the rightful spiritual inheritance to all believers, but God's grace is available to everybody. So why, why, why is it important to think about receiving God's grace? And I, I really like this because it says it's the rightful spiritual inheritance. So if we're in here and we're really all believers, the problem with most of us is we've settled for heaven and we're losing what can happen here on earth. And I'll explain what I mean by that. The, the reason, I don't know, we, we haven't really chopped this up with Pastor Ray, but the reason I believe that he has this message in his heart, we started with, with talking about John 10.10, about how the Lord said, I have come to give you life and give it more abundantly. The, the problem, I believe, is that most of us are settled to say, hey, look, I, li- I believe in Jesus, and I know I'm going to go to heaven, but we're missing out on all the blessings that we can have while we're here on earth, the abundant life that he's promised. And, and part of the reason we're missing out on that is that we have this internal struggle within ourselves. And so the reason why we need to understand that this grace is available to us as a special a rightful spiritual inheritance is most of us live a life of, of duality. We're, we're sort of struggling. You know, my, my one foot is in grace, one foot is in law. And I say, hey, I believe in Jesus over here. But okay, I'm trying to keep the commandments over here. And, and God says, look, that was nailed on the cross. Jesus has fulfilled all the law. And so now you don't have to try to obey the Ten Commandments, the law of Moses, you obey the law of Christ when you live in his grace. And how we live in the grace of Christ, the scripture says that just, the righteous, live by faith. Okay, so that's the thing we need to understand is we are set free when we have faith in Jesus. What that means for all of us is rather than trying to, 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 to live this life where we're split between one thing or the other, God says just believe in Jesus and his grace will give you all the things that you need. And, and the, the, the problem, the reason we generally fall short is because we are trying to obey a law that could never be obeyed. We, we are struggling, and, and, and part of the reason we struggle with obedience especially is because we, 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 we think we've reversed the equation. We, we're thinking about it like, I have to love God so much. And, and, and if I fail to love God, when I make a mistake, then, then I need to, to, to make amends with God and do all of these things. And I used to personally think like that, like, hey, you know, I failed God, so for the next two months, I'm not going to go to church, and he and I are just going to talk this thing out at home, and then when I'm right with him, then I'll come to church, and, and that's the wrong way of thinking about it. This is why we need to absolutely understand this law of grace, because here's what happens. When we really put the equation the right way that it is, that is, starting at the foot of the cross, Christ's blood covering you, and he says, I love you. No matter how much you mess up, nothing can ever separate me from you. Nothing can separate my love from you. What happens is when we truly believe and internalize that message, the natural response is righteous living. So rather than us trying to keep all these things and hurting ourselves and then failing all the time and then condemning ourselves and living with guilt, all we need to do is remember just how much Christ loves us. Remove the burden of love from ourselves and put it on him. Because he, the, the, the thing about Jesus is he reversed everything. You know, with, with Moses, it was love God with all your mind, with all your heart, and with all your strength. And Jesus is like, I love you, so love one another. That's it. And, and, and if you love your neighbor as yourself, you fulfill all the law, Right? Because if you love your neighbor as yourself, you'll not steal from them. You're not going to murder them, right? You're not going to commit adultery against them. Like, this is what Jesus came to do. He came to set us free. And the royal law of Christ is love. And, 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 and that love comes from him. He says, you love because I loved you first. So, so in order to understand this message of grace, we need to really go back to our first love. And we need to understand that he loves us so much and that 
when we really believe that, when we really live in it, we will respond in kind. In fact, this is what Paul builds upon in, in Romans 12. At the beginning, he says, look, I beseech you by the mercies of God. This is Romans 12.1. And then he says, to give your bodies as living sacrifices. Now, if you, if you really read that carefully, Paul didn't say, I beseech you because, you know, you're supposed to love God. He didn't say, I beseech you because God is going to punish you. No, he said, as a response to just how much God loves you, you respond by giving yourself as a living sacrifice. And he also goes on to say, which is your rightful service, right? And so the, 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 the thing that Paul wants us to understand, again, is that, look, none of this is going to happen when we think we have to love God and then give ourselves to him. We can only truly give ourselves to God when we understand just how much he loves us. And so, again, just, just to go back on this is to set the foundation. This is the fine print, right? To set the foundation for where we're going next. These blessings don't have to be for like five people in here. These blessings are for everybody. The uncommon clarity, the accelerated manifestation, that's for all of us. And not just the city church. This is for the church of Jesus Christ. This is for everyone. But we start, we begin to receive all of it when we understand God's love for us. It starts there. And then when you really understand how much the Father loves you, when you really understand that there is nothing he will withhold from you. I mean, let's think about it. He gave us heaven's best, right? He gave us the best of heaven to come right here where we are. And so if he gave us heaven's best, I mean, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So why wouldn't he give us anything else? So whatever we pray for, we have to pray believing that God will give it to us. And we believe that he'll give it to us because we know that he loves us. So that's, that's where this all starts. It's knowing just how much we are loved by him, that we can really walk out this thing. And that starts, again, Paul calls it the gospel of the grace of God. Understanding the gospel of the grace of God is where this all starts. And so this is the fine print. It's all coming but we need to really live in it, live out the gospel. And again, when you understand it, righteous living, automatic, right? You don't have to try by your own strength. Jesus will carry you through all of it, all of it. So, um, so the first few things we covered, right, came directly from the scripture, what, what grace is able to do, um, and, um, you know, what, what grace does and who inherits it. But you may be sitting there like, okay, this sounds really good, and, and I've heard about this grace thing, and everybody keeps talking about it. I read Paul's letters, and I hear grace, grace, grace. So what's grace, right? I couldn't leave you without telling you that. All right. So let's get into it. So what is grace? Um, so the, 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 the way it could be thought of, at least I think, um, and as I was praying, these are the three points that came to me, is first and foremost to understand grace. Grace is the unmerited undeserved and unearned favor of God. That's what it is. It's unmerited, it's undeserved, and it's unearned. There's nothing you can do to get it. Absolutely nothing. And that also means there's nothing you can do to lose it. Right? See how wonderful God is? He, he, like we're all set up. Like once you get it, you'll never lose it. But you have to get it. No, nah, I'm kidding. All right, so... yeah. Here, and here, here's, here's, here's the, the, the scripture we're going to stand on here is uh, Romans eleven six in the NLT. Um, this explains this portion pretty well. And, and Paul is talking about the, the grace of God. He says, and since it is through God's kindness, then it is not by their good works. For in that case, God's grace would not be what it really is, free and undeserved. And, and, and I, I love this scripture because Paul specifically says by their good works. So it's not just any works, it's good works. And guess what? God doesn't even care about our good works, at least when it comes to getting his grace. Now, we still have to do good works. Faith without works is dead. But it's not our good works that earn us favor with him. The favor is imputed to us, that is, it's given to us just because we're in Christ. The favor is given to us because when God sees us, he sees Jesus and is like, wow, I love him. He's my son. Well, he has stuff. He has stuff, right? And so that, that's, what, that's what it means to be in the grace of God. It is unmerited, undeserved, and unearned. We cannot do anything to get it. 
except to believe in Jesus and to believe that we have received it. And when we truly understand that, then we begin to live out the true gospel of Jesus Christ. And we begin to receive all that he has to offer us. And, and so again, we, can never, we don't deserve it, but God, because of his love, gives it to us anyway. Right? And so, what's the other sort of working definition for grace? And, and, and the other one is, you know, it's divine empowerment for the saints. Now, it's not just divine empowerment for the saints. It's divine empowerment for the saints to accomplish the work of the ministry, right? And so, but what is the work of the ministry? Well, each of us has a different ministry. For some, it's in the church. It's a sacred ministry. For some, it's out there. But we're still preaching the gospel in whatever area of life we're in. Some of us are, you know, witnessing to Christ in the grocery store. Some of it are doing where we teach or work. That's the work of the ministry. And so the grace of God is our divine empowerment to actually get God's will accomplished in the earth. That's what the grace of God is. It empowers us to do exactly that. Whatever God has called us to do in whatever area of ministry we have, the grace of God is what helps us get to it. And so um, for, for that, I, I, I really like the scriptures. Second uh, Corinthians 12 from 7 to 9. Um, this is in the New King James. And, 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 and just to give you some context, so Paul uh, had seen some really, really good things. Uh, he saw a vision of heaven. He saw God say some stuff up there, and it, it, it blew his mind. And, and God figured, he's like, hey, man, this guy might just go around you know, telling people. So he gave him a thorn in his flesh. And here, here's what Paul says about it. He says, lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. So you, you see, it was, it was mind-blowing. And it wasn't just one. It was an abundance of revelations. Um, and he says, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger from Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. So he got them some messenger from Satan to harass him um, so that he can always be aware that he needs Jesus in everything that he's going through, in every season, in every moment of his life. And he says, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. So he, he didn't just take it. He asked Jesus, it's like, hey, three different occasions. Can you please take this thing away from me? And this is what Jesus responded with. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And and I'd like us to sort of do like the amplified thing. We add brackets and say, your weakness, because that's what it is. His strength is perfected in our weakness. And so this is what Paul's response is to Jesus. He says, therefore, most gladly, I will boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. This is a very powerful revelation for Paul. He said, look, I got this thing that's bothering me. And I also love what the Holy Spirit did with this. Because we're not told what the thorn in his flesh is. And if we're going to be truthful, all of us have a thorn in our flesh. I mean, I know I do. So as soon as I wake up in the morning, I think, oh, man, that thing again. Jesus, I need you to get me through this day. So whatever that is for you, and that's why I believe the Holy Spirit left it as this. Paul could have had an anger problem. It could have been anything. We don't know what it is. All we know that it's, it's, it bothered him every single day to remind him that he needs Jesus at every moment of his life. And so, but Jesus' response is, my grace is sufficient for you because it's my strength that's made perfect in weakness. And so if we're going to go through our lives, we need to, always be empowered by the grace of God. That is, it's able to get us through any situation in every situation. Jesus didn't say, hey, prayer is sufficient, read the scriptures, worship. He said, my grace. Now, not to minimize reading scriptures or prayer. They are all very, very important. But what gets us through those moments, again, is the grace of God. Grace is going to be able to help us through our moments of the greatest weaknesses. The strength of Christ, the power of Christ rests upon us more fully when we, one, acknowledge our weaknesses, and two, receive his grace to get us through. And so that's what grace is. It's there to help us in all of these moments. And so the last thing, and uh, I might be able to let you out in a minute. Um, The last thing, is (laughs) is <laughs> um, <laughs> the grace of God, right? We're, let's, 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 let's,
the grace of God, what grace is, at the end of the day, grace is the person of Jesus Christ. Um, and, and I love this. Um, can we pull up uh, John 1.14 in the New King James? Um, and, and let's have 17 on standby. Because um, I, I, I really love this. Because what this, this shows us that grace is, is really God's unfailing love and faithfulness. But more than that, that grace is the person of Jesus Christ. If we're not able to, I, I think I got them. Um, <laughs> John 1.14. Um, yeah, and so uh, in, in John 1.14, uh, 14. Um, it, it talks about Jesus coming to earth, and it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten, of the Father, full of grace and truth. Right? So that's, that's who Jesus is. He's the only begotten of the Father, and he's full of grace and truth. I, I, I really love that scripture. So he came full of grace and truth. He is grace and truth. And, and we really get to see that in, in verse 17. Can we go to verse 17? It says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. This is... I mean, I could just, I could just walk out and y'all will figure that out. But this is powerful. This scripture is so powerful. It says that the law was given through Moses. Now that's, you know, that's the Ten Commandments and thou shall not, thou shall not, thou shall not, right? Um, but grace and truth, that is God's unfailing love and faithfulness, came through Jesus Christ. Now if you're sitting there, you're like, okay, so you say this is powerful, but I really don't get it. What, what, what are you talking about? See, God figured, and I'll give you an example in my own personal life. You know, one of my friends was getting married last, last December. The wedding was going to be in L.A., and I thought, hey, I can send them a gift. That'll be, you know, the most economical decision for me. It makes sense. Um, but it may not be as meaningful, or I can show up, and that's going to cost me a lot more, but, you know, it'll be more meaningful. So I decided, you know what, I'll bite the bullet. You know, got the suit, got the plane, went out there. And even though they don't remember, they might not, at least in a few years, remember the gift that I got them, they will always remember that I was there, right? And so this is, this is what that verse is talking about there. See, what God is saying is, look, I was okay. In fact, in the, in the book of Hebrews, it says that the law was given to Moses by angels on Mount Sinai. So God was saying is, look, I'm okay sending messengers to a messenger to, to give you all the rules and regulations. Like, I can FedEx the rules and regulations to you all. But when, when, when it comes to that moment where you're all messed up and dusted up and you need somebody to save you, I got to come in person and pull you out and lift you up and put you on my shoulders and bring you to glory. So this is what God is talking about. It's like, hey, look, I can send stuff. I can send messengers. You'll get prophecies. But when you're in a mess, when you find yourself in a pickle, I got to come personally. This is what it's saying. It says, the law was given, but grace and truth, it came, y'all. It came. God saw it fit that he has to come in person. Grace and truth had to come. He could not send grace and truth via FedEx. No, 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 no. We had to see it in person. And that's why it's so much more meaningful. It's so much more meaningful because God came. Like, like this is the one thing that was missed by all the people in Jesus' time. John came, he preaches like, hey, the Lord is coming, the Lord is coming, the Lord is coming. And then Jesus shows up. They're like, where is he? Right? But God came personally. He could not entrust the cleanup to anyone else. This was a job that only he could do. So even though he could give you instructions by messengers, salvation he had to do in person. That is only a God-level job. Like he, he could not entrust it to anybody. And so in order to really understand where we're going this year, next year, 2020, again, uncommon clarity, accelerated manifestation, we have to remember that Jesus came. He died. Like, like it, it's, it, you know, it, it would have been a lot easier for Jesus to come, preach for three years, and just ascend to heaven. Like, we, we saw in the scriptures, I mean, he cried blood in Gethsemane. Like, look, if there's any other way, like, I, can you send somebody else? Like, maybe a couple angels? Like, no. And he said, but nevertheless, 
your will be done, right? And so what this means is, is this was not going to be an easy job, but God had to do it. And if God did the hardest thing, I mean, let, let's think about it this way. This is easier to visualize. Creation, God said, let there be, and there was. But he didn't say, let there be salvation. Like, th- this, this is how mind-blowing it is. All he had to do to create, he spoke, but to save, he had to die. That's grace. That's grace. And, and I mean, I, if I was God, like, and I'm not kidding, like if people were just messing up about it, just said, let the planet die, new planet come up with regular people that are not going to mess up. But what does the scripture say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. That's grace. And so one thing that we usually talk about, you know, with our students is we try to get them to understand the character of God. And we say, look, God is holy. He is just. He has, being holy and just, that means sin cannot be around him. And just means he has to punish sin. But then we also know that God is love and he's merciful. So, so God has to somehow reconcile his justice and his holiness with his love and mercy. And the bridge is grace. That's how he bridges the gap. That's how he, 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 he reconciles his justice and, and his holiness with his love and mercy. That's grace. And that bridge is Jesus himself. He had to come so that you and I could have life and have it more abundantly. God wants to give us all the things that we want. And so we have to understand that first, whatever season we're in, whatever that looks like, however tough it may be, we have to be developed. And so, again, going back to what we said, the grace of God, that is, Jesus is able to build you up and make you strong. So whatever you're going through right now, Jesus is able to do it. You have to, I mean, the scripture, it says, Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever, right? It didn't say some people, you know, if you call in Jerusalem or in Plano, then I'll come. It says whoever. Doesn't matter. That's all inclusive. So all of us, whatever season we're in, if we call upon the name of the Lord, his grace is sufficient. The blessings of God are imparted through the person of Jesus Christ. That's why he said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. All the blessings of God are in him. In fact, in another scripture, it says that out of the abundance of his grace, he has given us gifts, grace over grace. That is out of his abundance. He's, he's the key. He's the, he, he's the gatekeeper. All the things that God wants to give us, we get only through Christ. And so we have to understand that. And finally, Christ is here for all of us. He's here for all believers. He is our rightful inheritance. All of us, we are just, we are righteous. So our job is to just have faith. That's why the scripture says that just shall live by faith. Not by works, but by faith. And it is not by our good works, by the grace of God, that we receive all the things that we want. And so uh, when Pastor Ray preached... um, the, the second message, the third message, um, he talked about Hebrews 4.2. And he said they heard the same gospel, but it did not profit them anything because it was not mixed in with faith. And so I'm, I'm about to walk out of here, but the, the reason I came here and the, the reason I bring this up is the grace of God is truly this simple. You just have to believe that he loves you and he wants to give you things. But if that's this message, the message of the gospel of grace is not mixed with faith, it will profit you nothing. You will not see the accelerated manifestation. You will not have the uncommon clarity. This message has to be mixed in with faith. It is so important. It's critically important. This is the same gospel that the writer of Hebrews talk about. It's like, yeah, Jesus came and died so you can have an abundant life. Some believed, but some did not. Faith is necessary. And so we have to mix this message with grace, or of grace with faith so that we can have all the things that God wants for us. And so ultimately, what this calls for us to do, and this is the close, um, is, is we, we, we need to know Jesus Christ on a, on a personal level. We need to understand the person of Jesus. 
And it's only then, it's only then when we see the person of Jesus Christ, when we really understand why he came, we will begin to experience an overflow, an overflow of his supply. Jesus came to only supply. And we will begin to experience that supply, the overflow of it. And it will be filled with healing, with provision, with everything we could ever need and want. I mean, think about the, 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 the story of Jesus uh, feeding the multitudes. At no point in the scriptures do we ever see Jesus take anything from anyone. And whatever he took, he multiplied. Like, like that's, that's, that's the level of God. Like, God's math doesn't work out. I mean, how do you fill 5,000 with two loaves and three fish, right? The, the, the heaven's math does not work out the way we think about it. But it is understanding the person of Jesus Christ. I mean, he tested them, right? He's like, so how are we going to feed these guys? Like, yeah, it's impossible. And he had a smile on his face, I'll bet. He's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm about to do something, right? Because um, in the book of John, it even says that he knew he was already testing them because he already knew what he was going to do. And so Jesus knows what he's going to do in your life. Uh, the scriptures declares that he knows the plans he has for you. And they're only for good, right? To make you prosper. Um, they're for a future and a hope. And so what Jesus is saying is, look, you have to understand me intimately. This message of my grace is, is me welcoming you into this thing. That's why I said if we don't really understand it, we can never come to the throne of grace to receive mercy and grace when we need it. But when we really understand it, I mean, we can really surely stand and say, Jesus is the summit where my feet rest. And I can, nothing can shake me. He is the mountain. He is my rock. But we have to understand him. And to understand him more intimately, again, we have to know that his grace is available. Not only that, but it's sufficient. We need nothing else above from this. It, it's, it's all we need. And, and, and with this understanding, when we understand the grace of God, that is when we understand the person of Jesus Christ more intimately, more personally, we will begin to realize what grace really is. And what grace is, is God coming down from heaven, coming to this place, to our lowest of lows, to pick us up and lift us up to where he is. That's grace. Grace is God, literally, and I mean literally, in the flesh, coming to pick us up from our low to take us to the heights where he is and where he lives and reigns in glory. We are meant to live and reign in glory. But guess what? Again, I, I reiterate this. We don't have to settle for heaven later. We can have heaven now. We are citizens of heaven, and God's plan is for us to reign now with his grace. We can reign now and then reign forevermore. That's what he came here to do. He didn't say, I came so that they can have eternal life only, but to have life here on earth and have it more abundantly. And so this, this is the fine print. Again, the, the reason, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm really closing now. Um, but the reason why, why the, you know, <laughs> the, no, I learned last time that I can have a few closes. So <laughs> taking advantage. Um, the, the reason why this, this, this message is titled Flooded with Light is it actually comes from uh, Ephesians 1.18. Um, in, in the New Living Translation, it says that I hope or I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope that we have in Christ Jesus, right? In, in another translation, it says that, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And so the, the, this message is titled Flooded with Light. That is that your eyes, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened because this is our confident hope. And so if we allow our hearts to be flooded with light, we will understand the confident hope with which we can reign on this earth right now today. I mean, if you, if you heard last week's message, it said you bust a move by this time tomorrow. And today's message is right here, right now, starting wherever you are, wherever you're sitting right now, you can begin to reign by God's grace. So 
You can take it and run. I mean, I'm about to run, but you can take it and you should take it because it is available. It is your rightful spiritual inheritance. The grace will give you material blessings, but it is your rightful spiritual inheritance. And you can reign today by God's grace. You don't have to wait. Just accept it. You have to just receive it by faith. And so, and I'm going to ask Pastor Ray to come up. Um, but if you, you know, if you're here, and I, I'm sure there's a lot of us here who, who say, you know, I've been rocking with Jesus for a while, but I've never really truly understood how gracious and how loving he is. I've never really opened my heart to this message of grace. I always think that he requires something of me. Or maybe you wandered in here and you were thinking, oh, well, I'm not so sure. You know, I'm wrestling. I want to believe this, but, but it, it seems too simple. It seems too simple. Like, can God really be that good? Can, can he be really that simple? I, I'm going to ask Pastor Ray to pray for us that our hearts, the eyes of our hearts will be enlightened that we will really, really receive the gospel of the grace of God. Mix it with faith that it will actually produce something for us so that we can begin to really reign in this earth, in this time, so we can have our uncommon clarity and our accelerated manifestation to allow God to work in us by the mighty power that is already at work in us. It's already in there. All we have to do is just... Allow it to work. Submit to God and believe that his grace is sufficient and his strength will take you through all of your weakness and that's where it will be perfected. So I, and I know sometimes I struggle with this personally and it's hard to believe that others don't. And so if we're all in here, like I said, Pastor Ray, I would like for you to pray for us to Absolutely. really receive this wonderful grace of God and the message of his gospel of grace. Thank you all, City Church. Did that word bless you this morning, City Church? Minister to you. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more details about City Church and for other resources, visit us online at www.citychurchtv.com or contact us via email at info at citychurchtv.com. If you were encouraged or inspired by today's message, we ask that you prayerfully consider partnering with us financially, either in a one-time gift or as a monthly partner. No gift is too small. We have three convenient ways for you to give. Via our website at citychurchtv.com backslash give. Via text, text citychurchtv and the amount that you would like to give to 77977. By mail, mail your check or money order to City Church Global Ministries, 8105 Razor Boulevard, Box 90, Plano, Texas, 75024. Once again, thank you for downloading today's message. We look forward to connecting with you soon.